Show me you want to win. Show me you want to, you have that killer instinct. I do look at myself as being one of the most dominant fighters in MMA history. He didn't know it was going to be a buffet, though. He thought it was going to be a three-piece. Now you're getting the whole MGM Grand Buffet to the face, man. What's up, everybody? It's time for another episode of the RJ Ringside Podcast. I'm your host, Heidi Fang, with the two men covering all the combat sports here for the Review Journal. Sam Gordon, got all your boxing information here, and Adam Hill, our MMA beat writer. So we're going to start getting into some things happening in Las Vegas here. We have been saying that we got to talk about Wilder and Fury 2 happening here coming up in February, and that's like literally the next big fight here, Sam, since we had the McGregor and... And uh, Donald Cerrone fight card. That's the next big one. Absolutely. Yeah. I mean, uh, what have you heard? What have you seen so far when it when it involves Wilder and Fury? It's always kind of fun, especially uh, with the Gypsy King. Yeah. Yeah. No <laughs> doubt about it. I mean, not only do you have, in my opinion, the two best active heavyweights right now, but you also have the two most charismatic heavyweights. And to me, that that means we're going to get a promotion unlike anything we've seen in the heavyweight division recently. Uh, we're talking a couple decades now since the days of Mike Tyson, Evander Holyfield, Lennox Lewis, those days. And uh, what we're going to get is uh, the most significant, I mean, it's going to be epic. I mean, we, we, we know what happened in the first fight. Goes the distance. Something Deontay Wilder doesn't do. Goes the distance with Tyson Fury. You have a controversial draw. Both men think they should have won the fight. Both men have cases. Uh, legitimate arguments to have won the fight, although I believe um, I would have given it to Tyson Fury. But it's going to be a phenomenal rematch, uh, a clash of styles, a clash of personalities. And this is what boxing, this is what the heavyweight division has been missing for so, so long. It's finally back. I'm excited. I think the boxing fans are excited. I think everybody should be excited. It's, it's the biggest fight in 20 years. It seems to me what Wilder likes to do is basically just wait for his shot and find that one shot, get the knockout, and finish somebody. And as, as we mentioned, he didn't find that knockout shot in the first fight. I know he still thinks he won. Probably not a lot of people are on his side necessarily, <laughs> but no. uh, he's not really a points fighter. He's not a guy right. that is going to win a whole lot of decisions. He's a guy that's just looking for knockouts. So how much do you think he changes, and how much does that impact his mind, his mindset of like, hey, I'm going to find that knockout, and now he's like, oh, this is a guy that I might not be able to knock out. I might have to change my strategy. That could throw off your whole fight plan. Yeah, 100%. I mean, as, as you touched on, I mean, out of his 42 victories, 41 of them have been by knockout. Uh, and a lot Pretty of them, good ratio. yeah, right. A lot of them have been in the first round too. So, um, as you mentioned, he goes for the kill shot. That, that's what, what he's going for. And the better, the more skilled of a fighter you face, the harder it is to, to land that. Right, Tyson Fury, in my estimation, is the most skilled, most technical. You talk about footwork, head movement, um, his ability to, to throw combinations, his jab, all, all things considered. At his size, what he's able to do, he is so skilled that he is not just going to open up and, and let Deontay Wilder. Um, hit him with the one-hitter quitter. So I do think Wilder um, ha- has realized if that first fight taught him anything is that he has to – I mean, he, he doesn't have to be Tyson Fury. He doesn't have to be Floyd Mayweather. He doesn't have to be a tactician, but he has to be more skilled than what we've seen in the past. And and I think, um, you know, he, he takes a little offense to when, when folks say he's not skilled. And, and I get that because what he does is a skill. 
Now, the difference is, is there's levels to it. Um, it. You're not just, like I said before, you're not just going to be able to knock out Tyson Fury. He's not just going to open himself up the way um, Luis Ortiz, King Kong did, or the way pretty much anybody else he's fought in the heavyweight division did. So uh, I'm curious to see what tactical adjustments he makes. If he's going to be a little bit more active, you know, throw his jab a little more at, against Ortiz, he didn't throw anything for six rounds. I mean, he, was, he wasn't throwing any punches. Now, he ended the fight with one punch, but I don't think you're going to be able to get away with that against Tyson Fury, who, who throws, who's effective with combinations. Um, who's going to beat up the body, who's going to do things like that. So uh, it, it's a clash of styles for sure, and that's what I think makes this fight so compelling is, is you have the knockout artist and you have the tactician. Here's the only good thing about a controversial draw with the first fight is that for this particular rematch, they've already invoked a clause that the winner of this bout can automatically decide to have a rematch with whoever loses. So in that case, they could have the trilogy. Yeah. Now, I, I, I kind of like that, that that's already set in their right, clauses. But a winner rematch clause is nothing. Yeah. Like, the, the winner They can opt be, out. Right. They would be like, why would I... Like, I have a draw, especially with Tyson Fury, I have a draw that everybody thinks I won and a win. Why can you do the third fight? Except for well, money. Money, money, yeah. Is the main thing. But there, whoever does win will have a lot of opportunities out there uh, to just kind of book themselves, too. I mean, all these... Every time I see clauses like that, I, I'm like, oh, good. And then you're like, all right, he might not do it or he's going to opt out or going to go do something else. You know, Conor McGregor says he has he had a clause with Floyd Mayweather that Floyd had to do an MMA fight after they did boxing and never happened. So those things are, you know, crazy. And I know, uh, you know, Bob Arum just proposed a Terrence Crawford, Conor McGregor yeah, two-fight deal yeah, yeah. Uh, with MMA first and boxing second. But you just you never know what's going to go on there. We talked about that with Clarissa Shields a couple weeks ago um, when, you know, she, she wanted to do the fight against Nunez, one boxing, one MMA. But once you get the first one done, it's always very difficult to then get that second one in. So we'll, we'll see how it works out. But I'm sure this fight is going to do really big numbers. And, you know, whoever wins will, might want to look at doing this fight again. But they also could come out and say, you know what, I can fight somebody else, take advantage of this popularity, get an easy win against somebody else, and make a whole bunch of money from that. Well, a trilogy would for sure be epic um, in terms of just a fan's perspective. But, but you make a compelling point about other opportunities. And, and I know Deontay Wilder, after the Ortiz fight, said, he won the winner of Joshua and Ruiz, which was, as we know, Anthony Joshua um, convincingly beat Andy, Andy Ruiz <laughs> yeah. that time around. There was, there was no doubt about it. He, he got his act together. But um, it would be interesting to see a unification. And, and the question, you know, then is, is Anthony Joshua, who has a knack, who has a reputation for – I mean, he's dodged both these guys for years. Would he be willing to step in the ring with a Deontay Wilder, with a Tyson Fury, unify everything, and then have an undisputed heavyweight champion, which we haven't seen in forever? So uh, the heavy – I mean, I, I guess the good thing about this is regardless of what happens is that they're – there, there's these options here, right? Yeah. For for heavyweight boxing, there hasn't been this in so so long. We had the, we had Tyson, we had Holyfield, we had Lennox Lewis, we had Razor Rudder, we had those guys in the '90s. But then it was the the Klitschko era for so 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 long, and finally, we're turning the page. We have options. There's there there are big fights to be made aside from Wilder Fury. So. Um, it's it's going to be interesting to see what happens. I, I'm expecting an epic fight, and I'm expecting a, a phenomenal showing, and, and and then a lot of yeah, a lot of money to be made in this heavyweight division. Now, it's funny you bring up Andy Ruiz because I mean, a lot of people at first thought that he was going to come out and do what he did, but 
he came out so overweight and unprepared. Yeah, it was, yeah. It was crazy. Uh, and now I just read that he had split just recently. This is like posted by um, Eastside Boxing four hours ago that he split with his trainer, Manny Robles, and he's in need of a new one. So um, maybe that'll help him get things straight because uh, he came in so out of shape. It, well, it was it was classic. What you see, what happens is, you know, the metaphor or the, the kind of the cliche of, you know, you wouldn't become the champ and then you yeah. relax and rest on your laurels. And, and Manny wanted him in camp in July to get ready for the rematch, and he didn't show up till September. And then he's focused for a couple months, and then right before the fight, he lets his diet go. And, and it was palpable. Where Anthony Joshua, that, that loss to Ruiz, was a wake-up call. Yeah. It was humbling for him. Joshua was almost, you know, he was on the opposite. He was Ruiz before, you know, late resting on his laurels, wasn't focused, wasn't didn't come into that fight, the first fight, in, in, in his best shape. So... Um, where does Ruiz go from here? I don't. I don't think. I don't. I don't want to see a Ruiz Joshua um, trilogy. And I, you know, I, the first fight was was kind of a fluke. So need I, he needs yeah. to. Uh, if he wants to get back in that upper echelon, he's the guy who needs to be fighting in Ortiz. Uh, somebody like that to kind of help build his brand back up if he even wants to sniff another another shot against a fighter of that of that Fury Wilder Joshua ilk. I, I get the sense that he's good with just one win. Yeah. He's a one yeah, I get that he's sense good. as well. Yeah, right. He's happy. <laughs> he did it. He did it. He doesn't want to do any more training camps, so why no, would you? not at all. Yeah, it's not fine. He's fine. You know, so it's funny that you bring up somebody getting their way back into a title shot because at the last UFC card that featured McGregor and Cerrone, Adam and I were there, and we were able to catch up with Joseph Benavides, who is getting a shot at the now vacant flyweight title. Adam, what did you gather aside from uh, some notes on that show that you guys watched, the Vanderpump Rules? Vanderpump Rules. Yeah. What yeah. did you gather from Joe uh, Benavides this, this, and his frame of mind? First of all, we can just do the next ten minutes on Vanderpump Rules. This last episode was phenomenal, <laughs> so uh, a lot of good stuff and. Back-to-back weeks that I was tweeting during the show and cast members liked it, so I'm very proud of that fact. Uh, I would like to rub that in to uh, Benavidez next time I talk to him. But, yeah, I mean, I think one of the things you take away, and this is an interesting conversation we have coming up because it was during the Roxanne Monteferi and uh, Macy Barber fight, so he was distracted at times watching it, and you'll hear us, you know, react on several occasions <laughs> to what's going on in the fight. Uh, so it's kind of it's kind of cool to get in, inside the mind of a of a fighter watching kind of a big upset going on. But uh, Benavides is you know he's very very focused certainly on winning this title. He understands what it'll mean at this point of his career. Uh, but I think he's also you know kind of been of that you know opinion, and, and we talk about it that yeah he hasn't won the title, but he's been in the top three for like eight years. Yeah, like that's almost more impressive than winning a title. You see guys win a title and then fall off. We talked about. You know, uh, with Ruiz, like you win a title and it's or you win this big fight, you're like, all right, well, that was cool. Like Benavides has stayed in the top three. Anybody can get it. The yeah. hard part is yeah. keeping it. Yeah, and and staying in the top three for close to a decade yeah. without actually winning the title is so impressive. Nobody's been able to kind of leapfrog him and and get that spot as the top contender. He's just been the guy for so long, and now Henry Cejudo vacates. And, uh, you know, he has that win over Henry Cejudo, but Cejudo doesn't want to challenge him. He moves up, vacates the title, and now uh, Benavides has a chance to fight for that vacant belt. And he, he kind of understands at this point of his career what that would finally mean to wear that belt. So uh, you got a title fight coming up here yes, at the sir. End, of, end of February. How's, uh, how's camp going so far? Very good. I think we're like six weeks out, but camp is um, camp. You know, not much changes for me. I'm in super good Training, I was telling someone the other day, I was like, sometimes I train harder when I'm not in camp because, oh my God. 
Sometimes I'm sorry, we're, we're also yeah. watching fights. We, yeah, we have reactions here. We are live here at UFC 246, and uh, a good start for Roxanne Matafara. She's following it up here with a good start to the second round. So yeah. Joe's into it. Yeah, so what was just, you saw someone fall to the ground. And, and Macy you know Barber, yeah. So, um, so, yeah, like I was just telling someone the other day, I was like, sometimes I train harder out of camp because I don't need to feel good. I can just like beat my body down. I like don't do recovery. I just want to go home and like watch TV and stuff and eat bad. Um, but I'm like training hard, so not much changes. I mean, honestly, you lose weight, you eat a little cleaner, and you actually take care of yourself a little more during camp. Like now, I make sure I get my 20, 30 minutes of recovery in every day. You know, I get the right things um, fixed. So it's just about feeling good every day, especially when you've done it this long, you know. I like this fight. It was probably like I knew about the fight probably like nine weeks, and I was already in good shape. So it wasn't like I'm fighting in three months, I'm fighting in two months. It's right around the corner even this week i took a little bit of a rest because i'd been training so good and so now i'm six week out weight's good and same same as a, another day another fight you know honestly i had i was talking to a fan that was not they're not like a hardcore fan they're more of like a kind of a, a fringe fan and they said joseph benavides is fighting for a title that dude's always fighting for a title <laughs> and i was like i think you're confused because you're always in contention like you're always there it's been a while since you had a title fight though. it has been yeah yeah i think uh yeah 10 fights so i'm nine out of ten yeah. since my last title yeah. fight which is great um to do in the ufc um proud of that um for sure but um yeah i mean i've always you know it's crazy like even in the scrum desk right now which you in the ufc i've been you know top two since it started whatever like eight years ago in the division but before that i never dropped out of the top two really at bantamweight i was fighting for the title as well so when the when the flyweight division started and the flyweights dissolved into bantamweights i was ranked number one in, at bantamweight but i had lost to cruz who was the champion at the time so it's pretty cool it's pretty cool and just a little while ago i said someone said well what do you um what do you credit that longevity too and it's honestly just the gratitude that i feel everyday training because obviously you have to prepare and train and that's being said like no one goes in the gym and just is not training but like i'm so happy and like i feel lucky to train every day that like i make the best of my day every day and if you can go and give your fucking all every single day just because of something small like that like that as i think honestly what has like made me good because i never am not happy doing fight like like fighting and going in and i never do not f like feel not lucky or something you know so it's a two-part question here for you but how, what would the title mean to you at this point in your career especially but also you could certainly make the argument that it's more impressive to do what you just described of being <laughs> one of the top two guys for that long because you see so many people rise and get their title and then lose and they're out of the rankings to have that kind of longevity as one of the top guys in the division for that long is an incredibly impressive thing as it is, but certainly the title would mean a lot to you at this point. Yes, and it would mean a lot, but, you know, it's a weird question because when I look at it, the title, what's the title? Um, it's kind of like an extra line on your Wikipedia page, and it's like <laughs> a piece of metal that says this. It's like another number on your record for a win. So it obviously symbolizes more than that, but, like, those are the things that, like, people think of it is, but, like, when I look at it, that's kind of what it is because I still have to win a fight and I always want to win a fight, whether it's on an undercard or a title fight. But people know I'm a fighter and they know I'm good. Like what you just said, oh, he was always at the top. He's always fought for titles. So, like, 
when people look back, like everyone, like just say like a simple legacy, like everyone's gonna, he was an amazing fighter. So now it's kind of like an official, like he was an amazing fighter. Right. Like, well, he was actually the best. Like it adds a new adjective, a new line to the Wikipedia, a new number, kind of like that, you know, because no matter what I happen, people are going to know me as a good fighter. He was always up for the title. He might've been the best that ever didn't win a title. Yeah. But now it's just that little thing that like, you know what? He was actually the best for that day, that night, you never. But in my mind, people are going to still argue like I could have been the best at any night. Or I could have been the best flyweight for this longevity of time or whatever it may be. So honestly, like it's hard to say what it'll mean because the moments that I imagine happening and that like you can't write that like after you win fights, like those are the moments like you remember and hang on to, you know, like hugging my wife in the back or seeing this or seeing that, like all those like feelings and stuff. Like those are going to mean a lot. After that, I'm going to be world champion. I'm going to have a belt and people are going to be officially like correctly be able to say i was the best yeah. instead of just like he was really good you know so that's kind of how i look at it. the thing the different thing with this title is every other title i was obsessed with like for a self-validating like self-worth kind of um thing like i just imagine everyone cheering at me loving me <laughs> i'm the best i'm like getting this gold medal wrapped around my waist but like that is not what like I think of anymore when I win like I think of like how it's gonna feel you know yeah. to know um, so yeah I mean we'll never know really until we get there but yeah the uh, so you have this fight obviously you're very focused on this fight coming up end of February but are you still annoyed with Cejudo and everything that went down no honestly look I beat him like he's the one that chose really not to put on a fight put yeah. up a fight like if I lost to someone and I was just like, I don't want to fight him again. I have a chance to. They won. Right. You know, so that's how I look at. Um, I was just saying, like, I'm happy there's new blood and there's somebody else the division can uh, can look at. Um, and that's really it, you know. I mean, the only thing I was honestly ever annoyed at, like, I think the whole Triple C cringe stuff is great and it's funny. <laughs> and it's obviously entertaining. But the only thing I was really annoyed of is I felt like I was being like i was being held up because of him right. like like i didn't like him controlling my the future of like two divisions by just like wanting the best fight and obviously you can't prevent the injury the injury that he had but like that was the only thing that was annoying is that it was um stalling things so, yeah, this, so uh, roxanne right now is uh, smashing up macy parver and i know this, i know joseph interested it is this very is wild, wild I mean, I think for everybody i mean <laughs> Who's known yeah. or heard anything about Macy Barber yeah. has known her as the future. Yep. So it's kind of crazy to see her getting. Yeah. Um, the future is not the know, present. Yeah. Vegas makers You look have at Roxanne. She's like though. not. She's not the past, but like she is a pioneer, and yeah. she's doing it. So. Yeah. Another win for the for the you for know the, we will, the, old, the, school the old school. Yeah. So well, not yet. It's looking that way. It's not yeah. yet. Not yet done. Yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. yes, yes. Of but uh, I will also uh, we'll let you get out of here. But very important question uh, yes, because. Please. I'm very, I'm very obsessed with Vanderpump Rules. Oh. <laughs> I heard that you're not uh, thrilled with it so far. I, I got that oh, intel. No. no, the first two episodes have been yeah. okay. Okay, but it's the new characters, okay. I, it's I just think. Been, the new characters, I think, have potential. Um, I mean, like, this is the thing with Vanderpump is you want to see, like, they were becoming just, like, too normal. Like, they're getting houses, they're being successful. Yeah. Like, no one wants to see that. You watched it because you want to see them, like, crumble and, like, everything fall apart. So I think now, though... 
they are getting people that are in that. Like you still have the old drama with everybody and the old characters, but you have the new people that are gonna take over the chaos part. You know, the the freaking um what do you call it? Um I the, can't help uh, you here. Yeah, Heidi's out. This is just us. The guys are yes, talking yes, here. Yes, yes. It's <laughs> They're going to take over the yeah. incestual <laughs> drama, everyone having sex with everybody yeah. kind of part, the new cast. Yeah. And I think there's some good potential there. But then the old cast, you'll always hang on. But I think they're slowly being weeded out because, you know, they're getting married and stuff. Yeah, like, it's boring. no one wants to see you just be married well, and happy. <laughs> so what I was really getting <laughs> they to. They want to see your life crumble. What I was really getting to, I hear, I hear you're more a below deck guy, though. Hey, Megan I got some got intel. Me. Hey, bro. Hey, bro. I just. That, <laughs> so I totally. Me and Megan okay. have only been saying brew because if you watch the new season of uh, of uh, Thailand, yeah, the guys always say brew yes. instead of bro. Yes. So anytime me and Megan are doing anything, like, hey, I was I was using that brew. <laughs> That's so perfect. instead of bro. Great stuff. So um, Megan got me into Below Deck, and uh, so this is only my second season. I watched the first one with um, Captain Sandy and now this is my first um, I, Captain Lee I told and, her you guys uh, need to go on I'm, I'm, I'm happy about it I'm you guys happy need, I'm you guys happy need to be on the show I think that would be perfect but once again no one wants to see people happy and married like sitting there no we you don't, gotta act up like <laughs> yeah. Johnny Damon did yeah. like we don't drink we don't do anything right. they'd be just be like we should get these people on they are like whatever they're on TV <laughs> or famous and then they'd be like Wow, like <laughs> they didn't boring. do anything. <laughs> yes. All right. All right. So I, I just want to really quick take it a completely different direction here. And, you know, you kind of told me, you know, you don't drink. Yes, I Part do not. Part of the whole inspiring story for me about you was how you did turn everything around for yourself because of your career in MMA. You know, I mean, when you look at that, like how much do you feel like you are an inspiration to other people? <sighs> that part is hard for me to... It's hard for me to look at myself, like just the way I'm built. Like I can't accept good things in my life. Like like every day, like I look at Megan, I'm like, please keep like liking me. Like, how did I get you? Like stuff like that. <laughs> Even when amazing. I got the title shot, I was like, obviously I deserved it for a long time, but like it was so hard for me to accept like something good and easy happening to me. And so on that same note, it's kind of hard for me to take myself like I'm an inspiration to people, but I mean, here and there, you just, you know, you help who you can and you help who you're reminded. Like if someone asked me about my sobriety or my old life or my childhood or something and I can help them, you know, it's something I offer up and I'm very glad to. But it's also not something that like, you know, I always just thought of like a leader or a role model being someone that's like just that, that like doesn't necessarily, you know what I mean? Like you're not trying like. If you inspire people, I mean, I went through a lot of this on like the Ultimate Fighter. Like, if I inspire people by being like what I can be, it's myself. But like, and it means a lot to me. But like, it's hard to go out and purposely try to inspire people. You know what I mean? Like, it, that's not like a genuine thing. So, I just try to do it. And if someone along the way asks me something or anything, like, I, the main thing is I I do inspire myself every day. And if I like, I think that's a lot where I get my gratitude from because, you know, if you have had another life kind of like I have, then you kind of know what else is kind of on the other side. So you're grateful to like wake up in a nice house and like with a espresso maker and stuff, you know, <laughs> Fancy dog. or like in a, yeah. in a, in a, in a designer dog, dog and like yeah. stuff like that, you know. So you kind of like that's another thing that led to my gratitude that we talked about earlier that led to my longevity that leads to my long term success. 
so that is all full circle and it all is me and stuff and um like yeah i love talking about it when i can but like i said it's not something i just like we're out there um as i do but yeah you know um but yeah don't drink 13 uh, well 14 years sober from drugs and alcohol and um you know it's different but it's it's cool like i don't know and i didn't do it to start fighting i just did it and started fighting and everything went well and i don't know like i'm lucky but like i said that's what that's what helps me every day too because i know all this stuff in six weeks from a title so uh in six we'll, weeks from we'll a title let you go thanks yes, for sir. watching the fight with us that as well and, uh roxy gets roxy the uh, decision she's gonna win the decision she's gonna win every round yeah, right? every round for sure so uh thanks for watching with us thanks for hanging out we really hey, appreciate that it, was man. awesome thanks guys thank you appreciate so much it. you guys are the best That again was Joseph Benavides. He's set to face Davison Figueredo for the vacant UFC flyweight championship. That happening, UFC Fight Night 169, February 29th. So February, again, lots of fights here to look forward to, as well as the Tyson Fury and Deontay Wilder fight that we were talking about here. February 22nd, that one happening at the MGM Grand here in Las Vegas. And we will have you covered out there on all angles. So uh, that'll do it for us here for this episode of the RJ Ringside. We'll have Larry Mir back coming in on the next episode he's, he's got to make it back in right guys the one and only the one and only he's out today uh, he's got to do some stuff with joe biden because he's an important guy so uh larry's larry's out and doing some really big things here for the paper so we'll look forward to getting him back on the next episode and we will keep you up to date as always here on the arjing ringside with all things ufc mma boxing we got you covered follow sam on twitter at by sam gordon adam is at adam hill lvrj and i'm at heidi fang thank you everybody so much for tuning in